because intuition is something that I, a lot of us tend to write off. Oh, like I just have this feeling, but I'm going to ignore it. And when you can look at specific markers within your, your astrological birth chart, you can see like, oh, I am a very intuitive person. I may be even a little bit psychic. Who knew? <laughs> like, where's this coming from? It, astrology is so validating on all of those levels. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the north side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens, and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to ask that if you enjoy this podcast, if you would take just two minutes to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Doing so helps us reach more people so others can benefit from the inspiring information that we share. We would also love if you would share this episode with friends or family or anyone that you think may benefit from it and tag us on social media. Thank you. We are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Ashley Sondergaard. 
Ashley is a yoga teacher, an entrepreneur, and the host of the Yoga Magic Podcast. For eight years, she has studied yoga, meditation, astrology, and mindfulness practices that prioritize self-care and self-discovery. After having her two girls, Ashley discovered the hard way that taking care of yourself first is the only way to take care of others. Today, she supports her students and clients in up-leveling their everyday routines into magical self-care rituals. We had such a great conversation about self-care rituals and reducing stress, and it was so much fun bonding over the fact that we're both podcast that we're all podcasters. And so it was just such a fun conversation. And with that, let's dive right into our conversation with Ashley. Ashley, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. I love that you reached out to us over the summer to do a podcast swap. We were recently on your podcast, Yoga Magic, and now here you are on ours. So fun to meet like-minded women. Um, So everyone has a story, and we'd love for you to share your journey from yoga teacher to self-care mentor and podcaster. And, you know, how did yoga kind of help you stop hustling and start to live? Well, thanks for having me, ladies. I love, like you said, it's so fun to collaborate with other women and especially people that like similar things like we do. So this will be fun. Um, Great question, Marty. It's been a journey coming through, you know, this, this life. So I, I started practicing yoga, gosh, almost 15 years ago. And I think in the moment I was like, it was strictly physical, right? Like I'm going to go, the first yoga class I went to was an all Britney Spears yoga sculpt class. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. And I just remember being like this, this is it. Like I, I can die happy here. Like we're perfect. Um, and it was funny because it's grown into so much more. And I actually learned a lot more about what yoga is and that it's not, you know, just a physical practice, that there's so much to it, that there's spirituality and there's self-discovery and there's discipline. And so when I started to really honor the practice as a whole and dive into the origins and the philosophies and the other parts of yoga that are not just asana, not just practice, you know, the physical practice, the poses themselves, it opened all of these doors for me. Um, it helped me realize that like, oh, I can choose a path in my life and then I can go take that path. Like I get to pick what I do in this life. And it really, it manifested in a lot of different ways. I started to teach yoga and, and share that with other people. You know, I made decisions about my career path and my family you know, in the moment that first yoga class, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get the big jobs and I'm going to work on my career. And that means like, I don't have time for kids or like, I don't have time for a family life. And when I really thought about it and I really started to work into yoga and studying myself, I learned, oh, I do want a family. Like I want kids and I want to be able to share with them. And I want to be able to do the things that fill me up at the same time. So yoga was that like first launching pad into making decisions that not only better myself, but they better, you know, the collective. And I started teaching yoga. I started, um, working and basically it became my whole career path. And then in the last year and a half or so, I started my own brand and business and podcast, um, focusing on this discovery, on this whole process of, of finding you know, a practice like yoga that honors the whole being, that honors the body, the mind, and the spirit, and how we can use that in our lives to better ourselves and ultimately, you know, better everyone else around us. 
So taking that, well, thank you for sharing your story. I always love hearing the, the personal journeys that everyone goes through. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about the podcast since you kind of ended there. How did you decide to start the podcast? Well, <laughs> I'd always wanted to do one. I know when we talked, when you guys are on my show that like, I'm such a podcast lover and I sometimes I hold these, you know, these hosts on like celeb status. Like they are the, the, I don't know, for lack of a better word, bees knees, like they are the best. And so I never thought that I could do something like that. Like the self-limiting beliefs were just, you know, I don't have enough to talk about, or there's enough wellness podcasts or like, I'm not articulate enough or whatever. And I finally was just like, this is dumb. Like, why am I putting this into my brain? I want to do this. So I'm going to do it. And I started it. I watched a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> on, on podcasts and I recorded the first one, like on the floor in my bedroom and didn't even like tell anyone I was going to do it. I just like, my husband came home from work and I'm like, I recorded a podcast today. And he's like, what? what? <laughs> like, okay. And I learned that I loved it. I'm, I was obsessed. And since then, um, really invested a lot of time and energy into it. And it's come back in so many ways. Like I get to meet amazing women all the time, just like you. And it fills me up and I'm sharing the, you know, this information with other people. So I didn't see it coming and holy buckets. Am I glad that I decided to do it? Isn't it amazing how, like when Stephanie and I decided to start this podcast, I too, you know, was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be good at it or whatever, but it's like, I cannot believe how amazing the experience has been. Absolutely. Total surprise. <laughs> like, and the energy, I think the energy that we get from these interviews, like this one today, um, I'm usually like my Thursday is my favorite day of the week because we usually do our recording on Thursdays and I'm just on such a high after. And I think I was like really afraid for whatever reason that, that the outcome people wouldn't like it or that they would think something of me. And, and in truth, now that I'm doing it, I don't really care. Like I want to put out good things, but I also, you know, this is like where this is my beliefs and these are, you know, real conversations with real people. And if people don't like it, that's okay. Unless I say something that's offensive. Like, I think it's just, this is just what I'm creating. So take it or leave it. <laughs> And I love that you realize that at such a young age, like, I feel like I've come to that too with this podcast, but I'm quite a bit older than you. And it's taken me all these years to be like, I just don't care anymore what other people know. think about it because I'm passionate about it and it's going to resonate with somebody. Exactly. I mean, Marty and I feel very similarly on that. Um, so just talking a little bit more about the podcast. So it's, it's yoga magic right? Is the name of it, but yep. it's, not all, it's not all just about yoga. So maybe even just share a little bit about um, the platform and then what episodes are your favorite? Ooh, really good question. Um, I, so yeah, yoga magic is the show and it really stems from this first yoga class that I took that was like, oh, wow, like this world is amazing. And it opened up so many doors and it opened up so many, you know, belief structures and practices and, and challenges in my life. And so when I started yoga magic, it was actually rebranded as something else in the, like the first iteration of my business. And in the last year, as I'm sure, like you guys have sort of figured out your groove, I've kind of found exactly where my niche is. And my niche is, is sharing real practices with other women that 
are about self-care. They're all about self-discovery and they're done in a really accessible way. So I love to talk about, you know, spirituality and truly some out there stuff, but in a, an accessible way, you know, if someone is ready to come out of the spiritual closet, whatever that means to them, this show is a really fun place to try on different practices and see like, cool, I really you know, I really like tarot. I'm going to try more of that. Cause that's interesting. Or like, I really like figuring out what, how I get pleasure, you know, in life, like doing that self-study. So interviewing other women where they're experts on these areas of self-care and self-discovery has, has been so fun. It's been so informative and I think it is helping other people. So what episodes do you love? Well, I'm an astrology obsessed individual. So <laughs> any episode that has some solid astrology is a really good one. There's an episode with my friend Meredith uh, McGowan. She's actually a local astrologer here. Her um, business is called Earthling Astrology. And we tap into intuition and like how you can see how, how you can see intuition in your birth chart. Are you guys, do you guys like astrology? So I actually I listened to that episode after we talked yeah. some other time and I was so fascinated by it. I really don't know much about it, but I really found it fascinating. And I want to like, look up my kids and my husband and, and dig into it deeper. I haven't had time, but I'm very interested in it. It's such a deep dive. It's such a deep dive. And I, now that I'm really, you know, researching it more and using it, and I actually use it with my um, self-care mentees. We look at their birth charts and we see where, you know, where are your motivations? What's happening in your subconscious? How can we work this into your routines and your rituals so that they actually stick and that they're meaningful and they mean something to you for the long term? So, you know, that episode with Meredith was a really fun one because intuition is something that I, a lot of us tend to write off. Oh, like I just have this feeling, but I'm going to ignore it. And when you can look at specific markers within your, your astrological birth chart, you can see like, oh, I am a very intuitive person. I may be even a little bit psychic. Who knew? <laughs> like, Where's this coming from? It, astrology is so validating on all of those levels. Um, so that was a super fun episode. There's been a lot of, of really amazing practices that I do regularly. There's a, another episode I did um, with a woman named Amy Batuski where we, where we tap into pleasure and like what pleasure looks like. And that's not just, you know, intimacy, but it's also like, how do we pick the, the things that we do for fun. Like, what is this the woman? Like? Was she in Bali? Yeah, she's in Bali. I yep. listened to that one too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You were channeling my favorites. That I was, was so listening funny. to her and I was like, oh, I just need to get on the plane and go to Bali right oh, yeah. now. Right? <laughs> she yes. sort of got stuck there just a little bit. And I'm like, girl, how did you, how did you plan for that? Good work. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I liked that episode a lot. Good. I can't, oh, I can't listening. wait to listen to that one. Um, and then actually we've had a mutual guest, Yasna, um, Yasna Berza, who is just a queen talks about just like the societal pressures to, to be productive, to thrive and like what that means and why it maybe isn't like the traditional version of thriving and of succeeding, why that isn't necessarily like the best goal to pursue that if we, if we lean into what we have and we embrace challenge and we, um, you know, give ourselves a little grace, it's, it's that much more meaningful to, 
to exist. So she, I just could listen to her all day. I know that you guys probably could too. She was fun. We love Yasna. Well, we'll we're going to link up all those episodes because they'll be fun ones for, Good. for everyone to listen to. Um, so kind of pivoting back, we were talking initially when you were sharing your journey, just about self-care. So how did you discover the hard way though, that self-care is so incredibly important? Cause I know that's really the platform, one of the platforms of your podcast. Self-care. I, you know, it's a, it's a word or like two words that I think are so used right now and like, and kind of overused, right? Like everyone has thoughts on what it means to take care of yourself. And that being said, it's still so important. And, and as a mother, you know, as somebody who is figuring things out literally as I go every second of the day, I started to see myself losing trust, not only in, you know, myself, but in my family and like who we were becoming. And that scared me. And it wasn't necessarily like anything was going awry, but it was just like, I, I, it was almost like living out of body. You know, when you have a, you have a baby at home or, and like a toddler as well. And it's like, you're watching yourself kind of exist from the outside. And I didn't like who I was. And so when the really, the real awakening started for me, when I was pregnant with my second daughter, she is just like, she's my biggest teacher. Um, she's super spicy. Like that's the only way I can explain her. Like she's so challenging and like so amazing. And when I was pregnant with her, I was just felt this like calling to start meditating, which I had sort of dabbled in. I'm a yoga teacher, um, but I wasn't honoring it. Like I wasn't doing it regularly. So I, my body would just like wake up in the morning and I would start meditating every day at like 5am, which was like, what is this time? Like, where am I? (laughs) Where am I? It's still dark out, but I would, I would start meditating and then eventually started to move into a manifestation process of journaling on what I wanted her birth to be like and taking this like simple time in the morning to just be, just to exist and like journal and feel good and feel like in my power. So I would journal on her and I just was like, wow, this is, this is me. Like, this is where I'm at. Journal on her birth every single morning on like what I was going to wear, you know, what I was, what food I was going to eat, what, how long her birth would be, what, you know, who would be at our house that morning, literally every single little piece and gals, it happened like down to the minute I, I manifested her birth. It was so cool. That is That's so amazing. Cause when I think back to being pregnant with my three children, like I basically knew nothing of what I know today. And I just like did the normal, you know, go to the hospital, get the epidural, have the baby. It's kind of birth. So, <laughs> so I think if I were doing it again, which I'm not going to be, but if I were, it would be such a different experience. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you're That's alone. Amazing. I think so many. And that was really, that was my first birth was just like, cool. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going with the flow. Let's give me the drugs. I'm ready. And that, not that that's a bad outcome at all, but this was just like, I felt so much more in control because I was honoring the power that I had within myself. How that relates to self-care is that when we take time to invest in ourselves, however that may be, like, I, I like to think of it as super simple, like 
eating real food, going to the bathroom, <laughs> like things that are not that difficult. Um, but then also, you know, that next layer of like meditation or yoga or like movement, whatever it is, when we do that, we are filling ourselves up. We're vibrating at a higher level and we're helping the, those around us. Like my family directly benefits when I am in a good position. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that's similar to what Marnie said, like so awesome that you discovered this at such a young age, because in my journey, it was much later that I came to that realization. Just looking back at how I treated my kids and my family at time, or my husband and my kids at times, because I wasn't taking care of myself and the stress was too high and I wasn't doing any sort of self-care practice. I didn't even know what the hell self-care was, you know, Mm -hmm. back when I was a young mom. I think that's so, so important. And I just love what you said is like, when we take time to honor who we really are, you know, we vibrate and we are, we're better for the world. We're better for our family and everyone around us. And so it's like that analogy that they use when you're getting on an airplane, you know, put your, put your mask on first before you help others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so potent too. I see that. I see that image all the time. And but it, I still, I still need to be reminded all the time. Like you need to take care of yourself. It's hard. So, so what are some of your like magical self-care rituals? Yeah. I want to, I love that. They're magical. <laughs> I want to call them that. Well, my, mine personally are really pretty simple. Um, and I, and I think the cool thing about self-care and just like investing in yourself is that it ebbs and flows all the time. Like I know you, we talked on my show about what, what you do to take care of yourselves and like what your morning routines look like. And they just, they change a lot. And that's, what's I think that keeps us inspired at the moment. Um, I am working really hard to ground down at the end of the night. I, I love, you know, to kind of like work super hard through the day to the point where I just, I almost crash at the end, which feels really good. That's like very much who I am. But if I take time to be intentional about the evening grounding practice that I have, you know, drinking tea, doing a little bit of journaling, reading a book, whether it be a spiritual book, you know, a a great self-development book or like a super trashy romance novel. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Like I kind of do them all. It feels so good to just ground down and finish the day in that way. Um, Yoga is always, always a part of my routine, but in the sense that some days it's like a super hilarious, like half dance, half yoga practice, like in my bedroom, kind of a yoga practice. And then some days it's, you know, a very traditional vinyasa flow with another teacher guiding me or, you know, some, something a little bit more um, spiritual. So it grows and it changes um, as always kind of that constant. And then meditation is, is a huge part of my routine and my self-care. And I love, I, I started with something, um, this really great book, if any, any listeners are interested, it's called Stress Less, Accomplished More um, by Emily Fletcher, I believe this is the, the author. She's like a former Broadway star, <laughs> like sort of an unexpected meditation teacher. But this particular practice that she teaches, it's called the Ziva Technique, is Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yes. I, I'm oh. very familiar with the Ziva technique. I was like, I've heard of this book, but yeah. I didn't recognize the name. Emily. I've listened to like several podcasts with her and I've looked yeah. at her website. I just haven't pulled the trigger. Me so. either. But yeah. the book is great. The book is great. And it talks about the science of meditation and just the fact that like 
you know what? It's, we can't turn our brains off. That's not actually possible. So like, let's stop telling ourselves that we can do that. When in fact, let's just push the thoughts into, not even push, but like observe them and move on. And mm-hmm. so that technique was really transformational in, in the way I started meditating. And it's shifted a little bit right now. I don't do that one quite as much. I, I loved, um, I'm really enjoying this teacher named Rebecca Campbell, where she does more guided practices there. It's almost, she calls it light sourcing where you bring just light, visualize light into your body. Um, but it's been a staple and <laughs> this, you know, we hear people say, I don't, do, do you guys ever hear people say like, I'm doing the work I'm giving quotations, air yes. I'm doing the work. Yes. I hear that all the time. And I, like my husband the other day was like, actually, but like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to do the work? <laughs> I'm like, it's such a good question. And for me, it means showing up every day for some meditation, literally two minutes, 15, 20, whatever, honoring that daily. That's doing the work for me. to take a quick break from today's conversation to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Lakewinds Co-op, which is a favorite grocery store of ours to shop at in the Twin Cities. We love that Lakewinds has such high standards and bets every single product on their shelves, including their amazing personal care and supplement section so that we don't have to. As busy parents, we don't always have the time or the desire to read every ingredient label. And we, when we shop at Lakewinds, we have confidence that it's been done for us. Grocery shopping should be an enjoyable and calm experience, and Lakewinds does everything to make your experience stress-free from the moment you walk in the door. The decor and aesthetics are really calming and inviting, and we have never met such knowledgeable and friendly staff in all the departments, including meat and seafood, in the wellness department, and produce. We love Lakewinds produce section, which focuses on organic and fair trade products. About 95% of the produce is organic and local as much as possible. And they really support the local and small sustainable farmers right here in Minnesota and Wisconsin. The meat buyers actually visit the farms. They talk to the ranchers and see their practices to ensure that the animals are ethically raised and treated, which is really important to us. All of their meat is free from additives, synthetic preservatives, nitrates, antibiotic residues, steroids, and added growth hormones. Unlike many traditional grocery stores, Lakewinds has a banned ingredient list that is used to vet the products on their shelf, which includes artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, high fructose corn syrup, hydronated oil, etc. This applies to the food on their shelves, as well as the supplements and beauty and personal care products in their wellness department. If an item doesn't meet the product standards, Lakewinds doesn't allow it on their store, and we love that peace of mind. We also love how they seek out local small batch makers who meet their standards and really try to support our local businesses. We all know that maintaining a healthy body and mind has huge implications on our immune systems and being able to fight off the flu. So support your health and wellness in the new year by shopping at your local co-op. You can find the fabulous Lakewinds co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield, or have groceries delivered from Instacart. While Lakewinds Co-op is a member-owned store, you don't have to be a member to shop and receive their weekly specials. Although we highly recommend that you do become members like us for additional monthly savings and an annual dividend. You can find out more by going to lakewinds.coop. And when you're there, be sure to check out their delicious recipes. 
And if you don't live in the Twin Cities, we highly encourage you to find your local co-op by heading over to National Co-op Grocers and finding one near you. There have been very few guests on our podcast where meditation has not come up. Which, <laughs> which is so interesting because so many people are terrified by meditation or they think I can't do that or I don't want to try or it's too, my, my mind races and it, but yet you hear over and over again, how profound it is for people, right? Yeah. Like I mean, it is scary. Like I think about that idea of sitting with yourself or sitting with your emotions and like how that can feel so intimidating, but when it's actually happening and when you do it more, it becomes less and less scary. I just don't, I mean, we're just so conditioned to not do that, right? To sit in our emotions and our thoughts and our being like, it's hard. Well, it's easier to be outside than it is to be inside us. Right. And really like looking inward versus out. So, yeah. And I think when someone is guiding you, especially when you start out, it's so much, it is easier to, to at least focus on somebody else's voice and, you know, them kind of leading you through whatever it is, if it's sourcing light or breath work or thinking, you know, about gratitude or whatever the meditation is, I think that especially if you're new to meditation, that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. And what have been some, what have some of the benefits been for you? Like, is it stress reduction or, you know, just being more present? It's kind of, I mean, it's all of those things. Um, what I notice is that when I get into moments of stress, which is like, for example, my two-year-old running away from me at Target, like good, you know, very normal scenarios. I have tools in my little black back pocket to bring myself back into rest and digest in that moment, right? Like let's deal with the, the cheetah running after us, the child running away at Target, like let's deal, move into that heightened sense and that heightened state of awareness. And then when it's over, calm down and that's breath work, right? That's like taking an inhale and a long exhale. That's maybe closing my eyes when I have the opportunity to, and just settle and move into the parasympathetic nervous system. It's like, I'm in a stress state and now I want to get out of it. And I know, actually know how did that come easy? No. I mean, I've been meditating now almost every single day for three years. And I'm just feeling like I'm at the tip of the iceberg in terms of in really, really meaningful ways. So stress reduction um, and like being okay with stress is the other piece of it. Like I, we are all dealt stress all the time. That's the world that we live in. And that's another really cool thing about yoga is that like yoga kind of puts your body into a stress state regularly. Like you're getting your heart rates coming up. You're like, I don't know how to do that pose, (laughs) whatever. And that's good for us, like to be a little bit challenged assuming that we can eventually come out of it as well. Does that answer your question? Yes, totally. And I think um, Stephanie and I are both probably similar in this, but like I've noticed, yes, I can still get strung out and stressed. And to that point, like, you know, where I'm in that fight or flight kind of mentality, but it's how fast you can recover from that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've given yourself the tools of breath work or of stepping you know, away from the situation or whatever it is. Whereas maybe 
it used to take me days to recover. And now, you know, maybe I can recover in 15 minutes or whatever it is. It's, it does help. There's this, there's this episode. Do you gals listen to Brene Brown's um, podcast at all? Sometimes I I have. She did this episode with Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Emily, or yeah, it was Emily Nagoski wrote the book, um, come as you are, which is about the awakening actually of like the female orgasm, totally unrelated to this, but <laughs> also a good book. Also a good book. Um, this, what they were talking about on this episode. And I honestly think it's the best thing on the internet ever. It's like so amazing is about like essentially completing your emotional cycles. And so, yes, in those moments where we're like crazy stressed or, we're challenged, you know, we're dealing with something it's, we have to, you know, we have to kind of process it and, and, and essentially remove ourselves. But at some point we also need to like finish that emotional cycle. Mm. And she, they talk about it and I just cannot recommend that episode enough. Um, they talk about the ways that we do that meditation or breath work or movement. These are all simple practices to essentially just, just complete the cycle versus, staying in that heightened sense, not really coming out of it and then going into another stressful situation. And that's where we, that's where we burn out. So her book, Emily mm-hmm. and Amelia's book is called burnout and it's like game changer. Okay. I need to, what was the name? That book? Burnout. The, the book is called burnout. And then that, the episode that really gives you like a great preview of this book um, is on Brene Brown's podcast with Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Okay. Cause I think that's one thing that I'm slowly getting better at, but it's, I will come out of this. I, I think I've come out of the state cause I just moved on and I just like push it aside mm-hmm. and I just go on to the next, you know, fire drill, if you will. Right. But it's when I real, I mean, literally that's what it is. And I've even just t- the last couple of days, I, I like made myself leave the house and go on a walk um, and not, connect with anyone or anything. And like that to me is like huge. But if I don't do that, I have to like make myself and it's something that I like to do, but I'm so worried about being productive um, and getting things done off my list. And so I need to find other ways you know, to do that even without going outside. Like you said, just like the breath work, because that is so important because you need that. You need to close the circle, right? Yeah. Um, or else it's one of those things that keeps building up over time and then you just completely lose your shit. And <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And they, they actually give the example of a walk, like a walk is one of the best things that you can do Like go and process. Well, and the, the beauty of this is, is you don't have to spend any money, right? Like you can actually do the work, as you said before, without spending a dime, right? It's all within you. Yes. And there's plenty of free resources out there too, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And walking and breathing are are free. (laughs) So I love that because I do think this is one of the like number one things that everybody can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's sadly not, it it maybe is intuitively in our nature, but we're conditioned to just like you said, definitely like keep moving and keep pushing. And if I, you know, it's, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I do think it is becoming more commonplace to say like, Hey, hand up. I'm feeling pretty burnout. I'm going to go take a break. I'm going to go maybe like cry in the bathroom and then I'll be back. I'm ready. (laughs) But like, (laughs) but that's changed a lot in the last even few years. Yeah. And if you did that in the corporate world, I mean, that would not fly. No, (laughs) at all. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I've always worked in a yoga corporate setting and like that was very much like, does anyone need to cry right now? Are we good? Do we like, should we move on? Like, <laughs> that's where I needed to grow. I mean, I remember being the one going into the bathroom in the corporate world and crying, but for sure not telling anyone <laughs> about it. <sighs> so changing gears a little bit. Um, what are some of the well-being practices that are a little bit more unique, not unique, but I guess out of the box, you mentioned, um, you know, that if people want to like tap into more of their spirituality or you mentioned tarot cards, like, can you enlighten us about some of those? I don't know if you'd call them like well-being practices. Yeah. I mean, well-being spirituality, I, I use the term woo-woo all the time because it, to me, like that embodies really what some of these practices are. But so I'll tell like a really short story. A couple of years ago, I met a friend. Um, well, I was, I was doing some in, intense shadow work. I don't know if you guys have done shadow work. It's like, really, it's like meditation where you're diving into some hard times in your life and you're essentially reprogramming them so that you can bring them into your consciousness in a, in a more, per, not, I don't want to say productive, but like a more healed way, really. So I'm doing this work and you know that you're doing this work right again, the work <laughs> quotations, because you start to meet people that have similar upbringings to you, but they're here to show you what's possible. They're called expanders. So I'm doing this intense meditation work. I'm kind of like, this is dumb. I don't, this isn't working. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or feeling. And then I met a friend of mine um, at, at this like HR conference. I mean, totally unexpected spot. Her name is Gina. She has a podcast called Past Lives and the Divine, and she does past life regressions, which is like past life hypnosis. So, so cool. It's so cool. I'm sitting like I meet this woman. We sit down and we talked for like two hours. I'm like, should we be best friends? <laughs> She's like, yeah, let's like, here we go. Right. So she, I started working with her as like a client of hers and doing these past life access, you know, the hip, accessing my past lives, doing hypnosis work with her. She guides it, but essentially I'm, I'm the one who's doing this work and healing myself through these sessions. And it changed the game for me. It opened my eyes. I had grew, grown up really um, traditionally religious. And this was so out of that box that I felt like, oh my God, I'm doing something super naughty. I can't tell my parents like, uh, this, is, <laughs> this isn't going to go over well. But it changed everything for me. It showed me my, you know, I talked about that manifestation process of with my daughter. This was like the next step to that. And that's when I'm like, whoa, there's some weird stuff out there that is very helpful and, and can be really, really um, meaningful for the future and for others. So Gina is actually here in the Twin Cities. She does Zoom sessions um, where she guides you through hypnosis, like in your own bed. My husband has done them, like a ton of my friends have done them. And they've been probably the most um, impactful, like healing modality that I've done. So that's past life regression. Okay, <laughs> Long story I, to get there. <laughs> I will be looking up Gina and having her doing a session with her. Cause that's she'd be a that. great pod um, guest. She'd be a She's great guest. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm always telling my kids about my past lives that I think like, <laughs> well, and I'm convinced my son has had a bunch of past lives. So I really want him to do it. Yeah. So you can look it up too, Marnie, in, um, in, in like astrological birth charts, you know, we were talking, um, about that episode with Meredith and evolutionary astrology is this idea that there is past lives as a part of your birth chart. We're getting out there a little bit, but 
um, you can see some markers in your birth chart, like your, your South node is how you enter this world. And like any past life baggage you might've carried in, it's just a good thing to know. Um, and again, someone like a practicing astrologer, like Meredith can pick out things in your chart that so like, Ooh, you've got some past life baggage with your, like I do with my second daughter, but it's good. She's here to teach you things. You're here to teach her. It's wild. And they all interconnect. And then you're like, mind blown. So a question about that though, like if someone is born on the same day as you at the same time, do they have the same chart? Like, like, but you could be two totally different people. It's that's such a, I've never thought about that, Marnie. That's such a good question. I mean, yes, theoretically you'd have exactly the same chart. Would you have the same past lives? No, definitely not. But you could see, you might be carrying that same past life baggage into this life. Um, and how you interpret it is really up to you. I think that's like the cool thing about astrology is like, you might have two sim- like exact same charts, but it's like how you still have free will. You can decide what you're going to do in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm getting chills. Like, I can't wait to like, me too. I, <laughs> I, I got you guys. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, I remember being little and like being obsessed with reading my horoscope every day. So like, and I know that's very simple and, you know, generic, but I've always been sort of interested in this. So I can't wait to learn more. So astrology, past lives. And then I do like, I do like to use tarot. All of these things that, that are kind of out there essentially are, they're mirrors. They're not, they're not showing you things, you know, they're not, it's not a special teacher coming into our lives and like teaching us the whole, you know, future. They're not gurus. This is you. You're just figuring it out for yourself with a mirror, whether it be astrology, whether it be a tarot deck or whatever. So I like to use tarot in like a super simple way is that I just pull a daily card. I usually have to Google what it means. (laughs) I like Oracle decks. So the difference between a tarot deck and an Oracle deck tarot is more, um, it's a traditional deck. It's going to be the same Um, no matter like who the artist is, whereas an Oracle deck is like a creation of that particular author. And it, you would have like a guidebook to interpret these cards that are unique, if that makes sense. Yeah. I've done a few of those, like at my yoga teacher training program I'm doing right now, we'll sometimes pull them and I'm fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all very, very interesting. I love diving into all this. (laughs) Me too. I find it so fascinating and I need Uh, to read more on it. If you, I suggest getting your chart read, um, like as you start to do a little bit of dabbling, getting a reading done is so interesting. And it gives you like by an astrologer and they can do them on zoom and they'll tell you like, okay, here's, you've got this in your sun, this in your moon, this in your rising, but also like, here's what's happening in your Mars. You're motivated by this, or, you know, your Venus, like my Venus is in Leo. This is a good example. My Venus, which is like love. It's like your, um, 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 intimate relationships. My Venus is in Leo, which means that like my love life has to be a, like a rom-com. Like it has to be ridiculously over the top. And like, my husband is like, can we not, I don't, I'm just like a real person. We can't do this. Uh, so like it just validates like oh I'm not crazy like I I don't need it like I I really enjoy an over-the-top love life but like that's okay it just it gives me so much validation in who I am yes well I love that you said that it's like the mirror because I actually went to a if you want to call a psychic one time and I was having this conversation with a, a good friend about what she said and she was like did she really tell you anything that you don't know like it's 
it kind of just surfaces up some stuff that you probably already know, or you've pushed down or you choose to ignore. And then when the mirror is in front of you and someone else is validating, maybe that's what you needed to take action or do the work or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, oh, this is so juicy. I love it. You've already shared so much, but we love leaving our listeners with some tips. So like self-care tips that you can incorporate right away. So you shared what you do, but um, you're obviously further along in your, in your journey. Um, what are some things that you'd recommend that people do maybe if they're just starting out or they haven't, they don't have a full meditation practice to start incorporating self-care into their lives? Yeah. You know, if even those that are really experienced in the world of self-care, whether it be yoga teachers or, you know, wellness podcasters or whatever, it, it does help to get back to the basics. And especially in times like right now where we can't, we can't control a lot. It feels like the world feels so out of my control and that's scary. And I can control a few things within myself. Like I can control you know, what I put into my body, whether it be food or simple supplements or whatever it is. Um, I'd use this example of like going to the bathroom, but oddly, like when you have to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. (laughs) It's so dumb. But like, do you do this gals where you're like, I will work for hours. And I'd be like, I've had to go to the bathroom for two hours. Why have I not gone? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yes, we both do that. Sometimes we're working together and we're like, oh my God, I just have to run to the bathroom. <laughs> so like back to the basics, like drink water, eat food, eat food like while sitting down if you can. Um, and in honoring like those basic human needs first, getting that permission to do that with, you know, older kids, little kids doesn't even a partner at home, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's just stuff to do all the time and saying to yourself, no, I deserve to nourish my body in a way that feels really good. Go to the bathroom, take a moment to sit, take a moment to breathe. We're holding our breath so much throughout the day. So like those basic, basic, basic self-care needs first. And then it's about, at least in my opinion, it's about trial and error. It's about trying things, whether it be, I'm going to dabble in a little meditation today, or I'm going to do a zoom yoga class, or I'm going to take five big breaths and see how that makes me feel. I'm going to journal, whatever it is, because some people might love, you know, stream of consciousness writing, where you just like journal and you're writing all this stuff and letting it flow. And others might say like, actually, no, I really like guided journaling, whatever. Everyone is so different. So it's trying on what you like, give it some time, sit with it, see if it it means something to you. And then if it doesn't let it go, move on to something else. Um, and know that it changes, it changes throughout your life. All of these little practices. I love that. And I think it's so true. Um, when I think about all the different ways I've, you know, incorporated my own self-care over the years, like it does change and it is fun to try different things. And if you don't like something, don't keep doing it. Right. Like, move on to another thing because you will find something that resonates with you and that feels good for you to do for yourself. Exactly. And don't give up just because the one thing that your best friend does didn't work for you. Try something else. And that's what's great about listening to all these different podcasts and just different experts with different modalities, right? And then know that you're just building your toolbox because then you can always tap into the toolbox a, a year or two later when you do need that one practice that you maybe stopped after a few months. 
Although mm-hmm. the one thing I would say to try over and over again is meditation. It's meditation. Don't try that you. once. Yeah. <laughs> you, you may have to try different types of meditations Agreed. or different ways yeah. to meditate, but don't give up after one time. Because that exactly. that in particular, I would say a person generally does need to try many times in different ways before you find what works for you. Yes. And I'm still trying different ways. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the people that say, oh, I'm so bad at meditating and I'm like, yeah, same. We all are bad at meditating. Like we're that's the human condition. We're not yeah. meant to sit there. And yeah, so just keep trying it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Ashley, where can our listeners find you? Oh, well, thanks again, gals, for letting me be on the show and talking about my show and being on my little swaparoo, but you can find Yoga Magic, um, the podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Um, you can find me on Instagram at ashleysondergaard.yoga and then also the podcast at Yoga Magic Podcast and then my website, which has workshops where we break down. Um, we do a couple different workshops throughout the year around astrology and self-care. We do routines and rituals and then also online yoga classes. Um, that's ashleysondergaard.com. And then I do mentorships where I work one-on-one with clients to look at their chart and really dig into like, how can we build meaningful self-care practices into your life that actually work for you, that actually fill up your cup and that accountability of having like a coach kind of in your ear all the time. It's like, are you taking care of yourself? But are you really, are you taking care of yourself <laughs> can be hugely impactful. And so I'm kind of that accountability buddy in a self-care mentorship. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think that's, that would be very useful for a lot of people, especially a lot of moms right now. (laughs) And we'll link all that up in the show notes as well. Thank you. Yes. Well, one final question that we'd like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? I love that you asked the same question because it, I bet you get such different answers. It's a very smart idea. (laughs) The art of well-being to me is not shooting on yourself as it relates to well-being, right? It's about listening to what your body and your intuition and your spirit says to do rather than listening to tell you what you should do. It's about trusting yourself enough to know that you have the tools and you have the healing within you and that you just need to listen to yourself Again, rather than thinking, what about, oh, I should do this or I should do that. Mm, beautiful. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's really one of our favorite questions to ask. Because I know. Everyone's answer is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yep. And no yeah, I mean, it's like life. every time we're like, oh, we love that. We love that. And that's <laughs> so well said. And I mean, everybody has these you know, not perfect answers, but like such a great answer to that question. And And everyone can, I think, take something from the response. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, thank you, Ashley. It's been so much fun having you on our show. And we look forward to meeting you in person once things open up here in Minnesota. Yeah. And more future collaborations. Yes, please. Let's do it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast.
review and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well. Thank you.